You are listening to the Mile Straight Podcast. For more information on Mile Straight or to watch a video version of this podcast, visit www.milestraightbc.org. The speaker for today is our senior pastor, Tom Goss. Well, good morning. Thanks for being at Mile Straight today. Sure is great to see you. Um, in your bulletin, you'll find two things that have been placed there that you're going to need uh, shortly. So if you would grab those out, you'll find a note sheet, which is typically a study guide. But uh, this week, this particular study has been so volatile. It's just been everywhere. I mean, it's been even last night I changed the main points. Uh, and so as a result, I never felt comfortable giving Kara the, uh, the points to put into uh, your study guide and therefore into your bulletin. So you have a place to take notes, and I hope you will. In fact, I hope that you'll keep that sheet out to the very conclusion because we're going to be doing some things the, at the end of the, the study time here, our discussion time, that I think possibly may generate some interest. It's something that to me is extremely exciting. I mean, I'm very excited about where this is going to go. But let me just share with you something. While this message or this study is going to end with some excitement, it's going to be followed by the introduction of a problem, which is then going to be followed by the introduction of a solution. Okay, so we're going to end with a high note, but then we're going to bring it down a little bit and come back to the level place somewhere there for us to find what we're really looking for in this study, okay? So hang with me, and let's see how God leads us in the process. You'll see that uh, we're dealing with 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. And uh, it is in this passage that God gives to us a model of missions. In fact, if you were going to write a title down for this study, uh, I think that would be a good one. The, the, the mission model. The mission model. It is a model for the mission of the church. Now, you could look at this and say, well, well, now, wait a minute. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds of years before the church was instituted with Christ. So then how is this a model of missions for the church when the church wasn't even around yet? And that would be an incredibly valid point, wouldn't it? The truth is that this particular passage being written primarily to the children of Israel, some would look at it and say, well, if that's the case, then it has nothing to do with the church. And yet the very first part of the verse, verse 23, says this. It says, sing to the Lord all the earth. Okay, so we, we clarify that while this is written primarily to the children of Israel, this particular aspect of this passage is written for all of us. It is showing us something very important for us to understand that, that here is a model of how the glory of God is to be spread. Here is a model for how we're going to further advance the message of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Now, in their day and time, we'll see that it was a little bit different. Their emphasis would have been different than what ours is. But we're going to watch and see how this relates very clearly to us 
in our day and time. And primarily we understand it relates to us because what this passage teaches us is transferred and Jesus taught and the other apostles taught in the New Testament which was written to the church. So then we just relay and we say, okay, what God was giving to the children of Israel and people around the world in that day and time to spread his glory is the same model that he gives to us. There are some differences that we approach and we will approach those in different ways than would those in the Old Testament times. But it's the same model that God's laid out for us. And so we're going to watch and see how this unfolds. If you take a look at this verse, you'll see them on the screens. If you've already found them in your Bible or your smart device, that's wonderful. But if not, you can follow along on the screens. It says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His wonders among all peoples. So there's three parts here. There's three aspects to this. And the first one, number one, if you want to write this down... The, the first aspect is that, that part of this mission model is for me. Okay, we're going to make this part very personal. This, this aspect of the mission model is for me. The first thing we see is that this first aspect of the mission model that's given is directly related to me. God is speaking to me very personally in this particular part when he says, sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Okay, so what we're showing here, what God is showing us is that there's this aspect of adoration that each of us individually must contain in our lives. This aspect of adoration where we so respect and so appreciate, we are so flooded with gratitude for what God has done for us that it is expressed and heard in our song. In other words, my heart is so filled and so full for for, for the gratitude of what God has done for me. How Jesus Christ died in my place on the cross of Calvary. My heart is so filled with that thought that God would send His only Son to suffer and die and shed His blood to pay the price of my sin. That 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 is within my heart cannot be contained and therefore will spill over in song. It will be heard. It will be, it will be experienced. It's a very personal part for me. A very personal part where I come to a personal understanding of what God has done for me. And as a result of what I understand, as a result of what I have experienced, it will spill out through my lips. Okay, so there's an aspect of this mission model that is just for me, number one. But number two, then he shows us that there's an aspect of this mission model that is for others. An aspect of this mission model that is for others. If you want to write number two down, please do so. He tells us in this verse, he says, Sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Now, while I'm still involved in this process, God has given me the responsibility to proclaim. What I am proclaiming is that which will benefit other people. I am to proclaim the salvation of the Almighty God. 
I am to share, even as Jason mentioned earlier, I am to share that which is beneficial for those who are around me. They may or may not appreciate it. They may or may not accept it. But my responsibility is simply to share the salvation of God. What he did for me, how he, he transformed my life, how he took me from a person who was afraid to go to sleep at night, afraid I would wake up in hell. He took me from that scared person without peace to a person who is confident in him because he has saved me through the sacrifice of his son. But notice that there's a qualification placed upon this. He says, I want you to proclaim this good news Every now and then. I want you to proclaim this good news when you get a really good opportunity. I want you to proclaim the good news of my salvation, well, once or twice and maybe even three times in your life. I want you to really go for it. It's not what he says, is it? He says, I want you to proclaim the good news of this wonderful salvation that is erupting from your heart on a day-to-day -day basis. This persistency, this consistency of discussion, this which is in our hearts, this which is so filled our lives is now erupting in song and erupting in communication for the good of those that are around us, for the good also of ourselves. So God is calling us to understand there's an aspect of this that is just for me. There's an aspect of this great modern or model of, of, of missions that we are to use for others. And then finally, number three, there's an aspect of this mission model that goes straight to the heart of God. There's an aspect of this mission model that goes straight to the heart of God, number three. What is that? Notice, if you will, verse 24. He says, Declare His glory among the nations, His wonders among all peoples. Declare His glory among the nations, His wonders among all peoples. So then the responsibility, the obligation is that I am to fulfill that for which I have been created. And what is it that I have been created to do? To glorify God. So I have a personal responsibility that I am to make my life work. To extend and involve myself in this model of mission. So that in the end, God is ultimately glorified. Now what does it mean to glorify God? It means to express His greatness. To express His, His incredible worth to me. So then that which we talked about in point number one, this aspect that is mine, that is bubbling over in my heart, is something that spills out for the benefit of others, but also spills out in that it goes straight to the heart of God because that's what God wants from us. He wants us to give Him glory with our lives. So then when this erupts from my heart, I'm giving God glory, therefore fulfilling my purpose in life, so then I'm better off for it because it fulfills me. It, it brings satisfaction. This is something, I didn't intend to say this, but let me just throw it out for those who may be looking. This is something that I searched for. 
I search for in just about any way you can possibly imagine. I look for a way to bring satisfaction into my life. I look for it in drugs and alcohol and so many other things that I'm not proud of. And I never found it. I found some temporary, some temporary pleasure in it. But I never found lasting satisfaction. It wasn't until I began to fulfill my purpose. It wasn't until I came to the place to where I said, God, I want you to be glorified in my life. That all of a sudden there was a sense of fulfillment in my life. If you're searching for fulfillment in your life, if you've got an emptiness in your life, then let me just tell you, the only way you will ever find that is in Jesus Christ and giving glory to God, fulfilling the purpose of your creation. And so God says, I want you to express my greatness, my glory, to those who are listening. I want you to express the wonders of my works. Wonders. When we think about the wonders of God, one of the things that comes to my mind is the fact that He loves me. I don't understand that. I, I, I know I say this from time to time, but, but I have really tried to understand why God would love me. And, and I just can't figure it out. I don't know what, what He sees in me, what, what He thinks about me that would make Him want to love me when I fail Him so frequently. And yet, for whatever reason, God loves me. That's a wonder that I can tell people about. Man, I don't understand it. I don't know why. But God loves me. There's another wonder that comes to mind when I think about God loving me so much that He sacrificed His Son for me. He put His Son on a cross to suffer shame, rejection, pain, agony. Jesus Christ went to the cross where He paid the price of my sin with His own blood. He paid the price of my rebellion with His own blood. I don't understand that. That's something that makes me wonder, that makes me curious. And that's something that God says, I want you to share with others. I want you to tell others. And so God has given us an obligation. Part of this obligation there's an aspect that relates to me. Part of it, there's an aspect that relates to others. And part of it is that it goes straight to the heart of God. And so this is a big obligation. The first of the year, we, we were talking about missions. We were laying out uh, a direction for the year for our, our mission work and we talked about our mission motto this year being until the whole world hears. That we have a responsibility to share Christ until the whole world hears. There is no place for us to slow down or let up until the whole world hears. And one of the things I noted, and, and I, I stand by this so completely, that I believe God has blessed our church so abundantly down through the years because we have stayed focused on the mission at hand. We've stayed focused on doing what God has called us to do, and that is going into all the world to preach the gospel. We've stayed focused, and God has honored that. God has blessed our church as a result. But in the process of sharing that with you, I told you that, listen, there is a big problem that exists in our mission program. And maybe you remember what that was, that, 
In 2016, our church gave in excess of 250000 to missions, straight to missions, not to help in this church, but to help with missionaries going around the world. And, and actually, I believe that total. For some reason, I couldn't find it in my notes, and, and I can't find it in my brain either, but I believe that total was $262,000 in 2016. The problem was that in 2018, our mission giving here at the church dropped to $216,000. Now, it had dropped in 2017, and then 2018 dropped even further. And i got to tell you, that was something that concerned me greatly. Uh, it, it brought a lot of restless nights for me trying to figure this out. <laughs> Because I had implemented some things and made some changes in our mission program that I thought would be so effective that I just thought this is, this is where we're going to the next level. And, and yet, after looking at the way our mission giving had come in, I began to see, no, there's, there's a problem here. Maybe, maybe I've steered us in the wrong way. And I began talking to everybody I could. Our, our pastors went away for a few days and in the process of, of planning the calendar for the year and, and uh, working through some issues, we, we brought this to the table. And in fact, this is where we spent most of our time. What are we going to do about this? How do we remedy this situation? And I not only talked to our pastors, but I also talked to anyone I thought might have a little bit of wisdom on the matter. I was asking questions. Okay, here's our situation. What do we do? What, how are we going to fix this? One day I was talking to Roy Seals. Now, if you don't know Roy Seals, Roy is uh, not only a member of our church, but he is also the mission director of Global Faith Mission Agency. An incredible guy, a world of wisdom and information. And I thought, if anybody's going to know how to remedy this, Roy's going to be the man. And turns out he did, but not necessarily in the way I expected. He said as we were in this discussion, in fact, we weren't even supposed to be in that discussion. We were meeting for matters of global faith. We were dealing with some issues with Global Faith Mission Agency. And near the end of our conversation, the door opened and I thought, okay, I'm going to go ahead. I wanted to meet with him separately, not to interfere with the business of the mission, but the door opened. I thought, okay, here we go, going into it. So I threw it out. And Roy told me something that brought a sense of excitement back to me. And some of the stress left, not all of it, because as you'll see, there's still a problem that exists, but some of the stress left when he said, now, Tom, you know that a lot of your church members are sending their mission support straight to Global Faith Mission Agency. I said, well, I knew some were, but I didn't know there were a lot. He said, yeah, there's, there's actually a lot. And in fact, we got back uh, and over a period of a few months began to examine statistics and records and all those things. And we found that in 2018, where we were at least 34000 down in giving to the church, there was over $45,000 given straight to Global Faith Mission Agency. Now, that's just one mission agency. And certainly they're more advanced in the way they do giving and things. And so maybe that's the bulk of it, but there's a lot of different mission agencies that we represent. And so possibly this number could be even larger than that. And it surprised me to find that in 2019, we're on target to 
give an additional 55,000 plus straight to Global Faith Mission Agency. So what I thought was a problem, what I thought was such a big deal, had me so stressed out, turned out that, that actually wasn't a problem at all. You can't imagine how relieved I was to hear that. And by the way, giving straight to a mission agency instead of through the church, that's not a problem for us. That doesn't bother us. You know, at one time, having all this giving was something that I kind of was prideful about. But God has really beat me up over that, I say in a very positive way, to show me, you know what, Tom, this, this whole thing really isn't about you. You can make it about you if you want to, and you're going to lose out in this. Or you can realize that it's really about me. And you can turn this into a win-win. So we're not really about inflating finances and saying, look at what we've given, yay for us. It's all about getting the missionaries on the field so Jesus Christ can be proclaimed in parts of the world where we will never go. This mission model of declaring the message of Christ is something that we're responsible to do right here. And we're responsible to do on short-term mission trips. And for those who God calls to go and do it as a lifestyle or, or excuse me, as, as an occupation. But it's also something we do through our missionaries. We follow this mission model through our missionaries. And so it's all about giving God glory throughout the world. And as I thought about that, there was just a sense of, oh, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. But now, as I told you, there is still a problem that exists. There is still an issue that we've got to figure out because we've made commitments to missionaries that we've supported some of them 30, 40 plus years. People who have been incredibly faithful to God, they have served God with their hearts and their lives. Some of these people, as they were leaving in the 60s, 70s, and especially in the 80s, were told by churches and by their mission boards, don't worry about raising money for retirement because Jesus is going to return. You're not going to be on the field to retire. You're there, and Jesus will come take you out before ministry is finished. And so as a result, a number of the people we support have come off the field because of, of health issues or just age-related age issues. And, and they came back to find they had no retirement. They had nothing to do. And so us, like a lot of other churches, have told them, don't you worry, this, this is not all your fault. We, we told you not to prepare for the future, and so we will continue to support you. And so some of these people are desperately dependent upon, upon God meeting their needs through churches like ours. And yet because so much of the finances now are filtered other places, it's kind of put us in a crunch to where... We're, and I'm just going to be straight with you. I think we can all take this to where we've got to come to the place to where we say, okay, guys, we did make a commitment to you, but unfortunately the finances aren't there, and therefore we've got to, we've got to cut ties. Or we figure out how to fix the problem. Now, I don't think any of us want to come to the place to where we tell our missionaries, thank you for serving God for all these years, for being so faithful, for, for doing what we can't do in other parts of the world. Thank you for that, but we've got we to gotta cut ties with you. None of us want to go there, right? And so it comes then, okay, how are we going to fix this problem? How are we going to solve it? 
as our pastors were meeting uh, first of the year, we were talking about this. We didn't know that this new information would come to pass about the additional monies going over, over the other places. We were just focused on, well, how do we fix the problem uh, of not being able to meet the need for our missionaries? And we came up with something that I think is straight from God. I think it's an incredible concept because it's going to do three specific things. Number one, it's going to bless the missionaries. Now think about this with me. Some of these missionaries who come off the field feel somewhat forgotten. And churches have to focus their efforts on encouraging those who are out doing the work. And yet we've got these who have done the work who have so much to share, so much wisdom, so much information, such a heart for, for people to help. And they face so many different experiences that probably anything we could face in our families, they could, they could help us. And so I think in what we're going to share in just a second is, is that one of the benefits of it is that these missionaries are going to see, no, you're not forgotten. You're not forgotten. And we get the opportunity to encourage those missionaries. Number two, it's going to help us. So number one, it helps the missionary. Number two, it helps us. It helps us individually because we now have a place that we can sound off. We can talk to the missionaries. We can get help. If there's some things going on in family, you're not comfortable talking to somebody here at church, then you can go to somebody that, that lives maybe in another country or, or lives in another state, and you can say, hey, here's what's happening. But it also helps us as a family. If your family's involved in this, then you've also got a family now learning about missions together. Chance to communicate with the missionary, to be one-on-one -on -one with the missionary. So it helps the missionary, it helps us, and, and then finally it meets the financial need of the missionary. So it's addition, an additional way that it helps the missionary. So there's a lot going on. What we're talking about, let me just break it down here is we took, we took a, a list of our missionaries that we have supported for years and years, and we just broke them down to say, okay, if we're giving them $100, that's four $25 segments. Four $25 segments. What we would like to do is to use this kind of as a faith promise. Every year, our church has a faith promise where we say, okay, God, as you provide, I'm going to give... X amount of dollars. I feel you leading me to do this. And as long as you provide, I will continue to give that. So that's a faith promise. We want to use this in some ways as a faith promise to say, okay, God, you have blessed me and you've blessed my family. And as a result, we want to give an additional $25 to be part of this missionary's life. Now, for some, you would say, God, you've blessed me abundantly and you want to do more than that. And that's perfectly fine. Whether it's 100, 200, 300, 500, whatever, it doesn't make any difference. You understand the concept here. To where you say, okay, here's, here's what God is leading me to do. I want to take this segment. And with that segment, I want to be involved with that missionary. When we get your connection card back today, and by the way, that's the reason you got the connection card out as well. We get your connection card back today. Uh, we want you to have written on there 
our, our mission model until the whole world hears and the amount of money that you feel God leading you to engage these missionaries. And then in the coming week, possibly for some in two weeks, uh, within a two-week period, but hopefully all of you will get it this week, we are going to send you information about the missionary as much as we can possibly give you. How long has he been on the field? How long has his family been there? What's his current situation? Is he retired? Is he, is he uh, having health issues? And a way to contact that missionary or that family so that you can write them and be part of their lives. God, how do you want to work through this? How do you want to use me to encourage this missionary? And we'll get that information out to you and you can start contacting them. You say, hey, listen, I'm your new uh, contact for Miles Strait. And I'm going to be contacting you and want you to know that, that we are thankful for the opportunity we've had to partner with you through the years. We're thankful for your faithfulness to God. You have not been forgotten. We are so grateful for the way you have served God so diligently. And I just want, to, just want you to know that I'll be the person who will be contacting you. And you'll be contacting them on a regular basis. And so you go through this process. I do believe that the benefits are incredible for our church. I believe that there's a way for us to so engage with missionaries, so engage with, with families that could use the encouragement, but in turn is going to bring incredible encouragement for us as well. And so now what I want us to do is just take a minute and say, okay, God, how do you want me involved? We come back to that personal part of this. So what I'd like for us to do is just, just quietly bow our heads. And if you need to talk with your family about it, then please do so. But just spend time with God and your family and say, God, how do you want us involved? How do you want us to be part of meeting this need?